how can I have spiritual integrity with my sex life, you know? And like, that doesn't have to look like I'm a fucking Puritan. So that's why I mean, I'm curious to ask other people about what their experience is with it, you know? What does their, what does others healing look like? Everybody, this is Rose. And this is Louisa. And you're listening to Sober Sex. I made a promise to myself to stop not listening. What it looks like now is that I make conscious choices around my sexuality. It started with putting down the substances, really, and starting to listen. And the listening to my body has changed. Hello, and we are back <laughs> on Sober Sex uh, with Gina Turner, our, our guest for um, Sexy Tigers episode three. Um, <laughs> three? Gina, <laughs> that was episode, was it episode, oh, episode three? three. Four? It was episode three. I think it was four. I don't know. No, I don't. I thought, forget it. I thought it was like part three. Forget it. My brain. Nothing. No, I'm the one who can't count, sadly. Um, unfortunately, Rose can't be here today because she is working. Because she is a boss sober coach. My favorite sober coach, Rose Romain. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying that because I actually know a lot of sober coaches, but she remains my favorite. Sorry. Um, so, Gina, delighted to have you back on Sober Sex. How are you today? You look beautiful. Oh, thank you. I am really great. Um, I barely slept but it was because I was like having great conversation all night and it's like the best I feel like being mentally stimulated is sometimes okay I'm not gonna I'm not gonna claim that <laughs> better than being sexually stimulated and then you're like wait hmm. <laughs> I almost claimed that you know what it can be as gratifying that's good I appreciate that <laughs> But I mean, no, right before the, the, we started talking, you were discussing the fact that, um, you're demisexual. Right. I just learned this from my friend Vivek. Shout out to Vivek. I actually have a remix coming out. She does like these cool rap songs and I did like a dirty bird style remix for her. I'll send it to you. It's, it's pretty awesome. Um, but I was on the phone with her and I was talking to her about my sacred sexuality practice. And she does a lot of, um, She's actually a sober coach as well, but she does also... Not my favorite, just kidding. <laughs> Not your favorite, but... but um, Second favorite. <laughs> but, uh, but in a different way. It's a different kind of sober coach. Um, but she also is reading up a lot about trauma and sexual trauma at the moment. So um, what she was... I was talking to her about how I practice sacred sexuality, which means, as you guys know, that I don't exchange energies with anyone that's not my partner, that I really make conscious connections. And, you know, there's the eye gazing and the tantra and all this kind of stuff that I didn't even touch on last episode, by the way, which I can't, we even can't wait to get into now. <laughs> I can't even believe. Um, but she goes, oh, so you mean like you're demisexual? And you know what? Just for shits, let's look up the actual definition Let's it. <laughs> yeah demi sexual and and so she's like oh you're dummy sexual and i go what does that mean she goes oh you can't have sex without um being having a romantic connection okay demi sexuality is a sexual orientation characterized by only experienced excuse me only experiencing sexual attraction after making a strong emotional connection with a specific person a demisexual identity is a useful indicator for where a person might fall on the asexual spectrum hmm interesting hmm 
I'm wondering how that's related. Like if you're, if you're asexual, but like demi romantic, I guess that like, I don't even know. <laughs> anyway, I, th- wait, can you be straight and de- these are, these are very, are you on Quora? <laughs> no, it's, it's, I'm on Google. It's like, people also ask, can you be straight and demisexual? Um, yes, you can be what that. What does it say? Yes. Can. <laughs> can demisexuals have one night stands now? That's an interesting now. question. Now. <laughs> Does it say no? No. What if you're there? I said now. That's, that's an interesting question because I feel like you can have a romantic connection with someone on a one night stand and never hear from them again, you know? Yeah. Well, that's that whole like Dan Savage model, right? Of like the campfire rule, like leaving somebody better than you found them, like being able to have a very short term relationship, even like a 12 hour, four hour relationship. In which, like, you feel that's exactly as it should have gone. Like, there's, it, it doesn't have to kind of have a weird, like, long fade out. It can be exactly what it is, and it's perfect, you know? Ugh, I, you know, I love that you just said that because that's something that I tend to have with most of my ex-partners. Um, and that's mic drop. <laughs> most of my ex-partners I have very good breakups with and very great relationships with. You know, no no breakup is easy, right? Of course I'm not, not in la-la land. But <laughs> um, we're also adults that shared a really beautiful life together and a mutual love. So it's, it's actually a bummer that some of the um, – I'm not even going to – mic drop. That's it. Beautiful. <laughs> I love you know I really appreciate your like w- looking down some roads that you might want to go down and being like actually we're not going to go down that road. Yeah, that's the problem with me. I'm like <laughs> No, it's not problematic. I I think it's wonderful that you can be like mm, no, we'll I'm stop there. My big problem is that like I will just talk about anything and everything and I'm an open book and then I'm like, "Ooh, foot in my mouth." And now, you know, I'm turning 36 at the end of the month. INS being a woman I am a woman but I'm becoming more of a woman and I realize do I really want to share this is this is this useful is it true is it it necessary is it loving yes (laughs) now oh do you know the the questions when you find yourself in a um a negative thought pattern oh I'm about to in a pickle, as I so, <laughs> call so my right. negative thought pattern. So, like when you caught your when you catch your like inner critic, right? Um, so let me think of one. Oh God, it's hard to think of one that's not really vulnerable and tender. Um, man, I don't know if I'm ever gonna have another child, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think I'm gonna be able to have another kid again. You know, actually, that's that's the inner critic when it's like not a question when it's like a statement. Mm. Um, and there's three questions that you could ask yourself. You're like, is it true? Uh, um, what is it? Beyond a shadow of a doubt. Is it a hundred percent? Like, absolutely. Can you, can you picture it? What is it? Oh, fuck. I'm fucking it up. Wait, give me a second. Is it true? Um, what does it feel like in your body when you mm. hold the opposite to be true? I love that. And then I can't remember the third question. I'm fucking it up. I, I've talked about this on like three other podcasts and I'm or maybe I'm, what like I I know a meditation I do with those kind of questions in mind is like 
what does it feel like to believe the opposite? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it is, yeah, like, yeah. What does it feel like to believe this negative thought? And what does it feel like to believe the opposite of this negative thought? Oh, if this just, wasn't true, what would that feel like? I just remember the three questions. It's so simple that I couldn't remember it. Is it true? Obviously, it's you don't know that it's true. So obviously, I'm gonna, there's a no there. Um, <laughs> uh, are you sure? Without our, That's the, why I didn't remember it. It's Is it true? Are you sure? So... Yeah, I'm sure that it's not necessarily true. And then what does it feel like when you hold the opposite in your body? What is of, it? So in this uh, instance, like yeah. maybe I will have another child. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or yes, I will have another child. Is that so? I mean, I guess that kind of gets to the the theme of this uh, episode, which um, you had wanted to come back on this podcast because there was something that you weren't quite ready to discuss in the moment. And um, now you are, and that is miscarriage. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, also, wait, can we talk about the Dragonstone though? So I can- <laughs> wait. We have we have a correction to make from last episode. As you might have known, I'm not very good at show notes. Also, so I didn't retain any of the information that you gave me uh, surrounding where to get crystals to put in your cunt. Oh, oh. <laughs> sacred lotus yoni steam. Sacred Lotus Yoni Steam is where you can get the the, the pleasure wands, okay? Um, okay. And I need, to, I need to correct this. I said I have a Dragonstone Crystal Pleasure Wand. This would mean that I am not Khaleesi because Dragonglass kills dragons dragons yeah (laughs) so this would mean that i'm fucking cersei lannister and i'm in some kind of game of thrones episode i have a bloodstone (laughs) i I listened and i was cringing because i said it multiple times and then i caught myself and i said did i just say dragonstone and then like i i still didn't correct myself (laughs) and you're like i did continue (laughs) so just for the record I have a bloodstone <laughs> pleasure wand that stimulates my G spot and my clit simultaneously. Um, That's so goth. <laughs> and bloodstone cultivates the tantric warrior inside of you. Hot. Yes. Also, I kind of, I mean, <laughs> I like when you were like, I could not have had a dragonstone <laughs> pleasure wand because dragonstone isn't real, <laughs> which was disappointing. But. Bloodstone Pleasure Wand available at sacredlotusyonisteam.com. I think. Google it, friends. <laughs> and, and tell tell Sabrina I sent you, and um, she'll send you some guided meditations that you can use with your yoni eggs, with your yoni steams. I'm going to talk about yoni steams because it's part of the story that I want to talk about. Um, awesome. So uh, I'm not getting paid for this. This is just someone that is very fucking knowledgeable and that I trust with my life. There's a lot of fucking um, knockoff yoni eggs right now, and you can't. I'm you cannot put certain crystals in your vagina, like, and they have to be GIA certified. And because it's kind of hype at the moment in the spiritual community to do this yoni egg practice, there's a lot of like ripoffs, and then they're putting like you end up putting a stuff in your it's just not good so just go to her anyway okay thanks sabrina different sabrina that was on the podcast but who knows oh she would she would be so good that that sabrina will talk about like everything she schooled me on so much 
when it comes to my sexual health and my spirituality and I've learned a lot from her like you know whatever she's a whole nother can of worms that is so fucking badass anyway so now that so, that's out of the way amazing correction <laughs> corrected um the the theme from the episode that or the thing that you wanted to kind of return to talk about was miscarriage and we really appreciate you being willing to talk about what can be such a sensitive subject um so do you want to kind of give us the narrative behind what happened absolutely so i recorded with you guys on a friday and um, I was 11 weeks pregnant. However, I had just come back from two doctor's appointments um, where the heartbeat wasn't showing. And so there's two things that could happen in that scenario. And this is something that I really want to talk about because a lot of women go through this. And after my Google searches and like stuff that I've read online, I'm like, wow, this is like a very common issue where women are caught in like a holding pattern. And why I say that is because I went in and they're like, oh, well, because with pregnancy, there's always like a two week um, gap and like, oh, you could be your due date could be this. But two weeks is a long gap. So when I went in for my um, nine and 10 week ultrasound, the baby was measuring at seven weeks, which means a, that I either wasn't, um, as far along as I thought I was, or B that I'd miscarried. Now my blood work kept showing that I was in fact still pregnant. Um, and I went in for my ultrasound, I think on the Thursday, and I recorded with you on a Friday. And then they did my blood work again on Friday when there wasn't a heartbeat to just say, like, this will be the final, like, you know. We're making sure. Yeah. this We need to, if your blood work still shows you're pregnant, then, you know, we might have to do medical inf- intervention and this and that. Um, so I did my blood work. I got my blood work results on the Sunday after we recorded. So while we were recording, there was like this part of me that was like wanting to share what was going on. But A, I was really still in process. I was still in this holding pattern. Um, as I stated, my partner and I uh, were taking some space when we recorded. We are fully separated at the moment. Um, so that's a whole nother you know, saga, saga, which we won't talk about. Uh, no, no, no tea, no shade, just that we're separated. So, um, I get a call from my doctor on Sunday after we record and she goes, your blood work went down, honey. Um, and at this point I would have been 11 weeks pregnant. Um, so my body, it's a, it's a, it's a question mark whether I was 10 and a half or 11 weeks pregnant because even when the baby stops developing if your blood work is still showing that you're pregnant you still are carrying like I was starting to get a little baby bump mm-hmm. and all your that. hormonal kind of process was still going on yeah so um I got the news and I got it but be honest when I got the news there was a sense of relief because of the turbulence that has been going on in my romantic relationship, I think, you know, obviously I really don't want to talk about this part, but I can say this. Um, I think, A, the baby wasn't planned. B, this pregnancy shined a big light um, on where the cracks were in our relationship. 
I feel like that's a PC thing for me to say. And I got to be honest, like quarantine is doing that for a lot of <laughs> couples. Yeah, it is the season. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, 2020. 2020 is all about meeting your limitations. I think I talked about that. So it's like this four, this fire that forges new form. So there was a sense of relief because, because our relationship, after I shared the news of me being pregnant with Tim, um, because our relationship wasn't so stable when I shared the news, I think that he freaked out. Excuse me. I'm going to rewind. We can edit all of this if no, you no, no, feel no, no, like no. too much. Yeah, I, 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 I just am telling the story a little whacked. So I can catch my footing here. So because I shared um, the pregnancy news with him, he, he was like kind of in a state of like, whoa, we weren't planning this. Whoa, we need to fix our relationship. Whoa. So we were doing great therapy work around that. But essentially it, it, leaded to, it led to the demise of our relationship. So there was a sense of relief when I got the, the news. Um, because... A, I didn't want to have an abortion. This this baby was made from love. You know what I mean? With Tim for like three years. You know what I mean? It's and he's one of my best friends from high school. Like, you know, it. it no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, You're already co-parenting, Evelina. Yeah. Yeah. And shout out Steve. Yeah, and and the <laughs> only reason why I would even consider not going through with the pregnancy is because you know, we were in a rough spot post me sharing the news of the pregnancy. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, uh, yeah, uh, it's not how it works. Now, you know, I'm super fucking spiritual and I, this is also where I get in trouble. My therapist is like, stop drawing meaning to everything. It's just a Robin in the tree. But I'm like, no, Robin based on animal speak means X, Y, and Z. And like, <laughs> and like, I, you know, I stepped on a bee the other day, which I actually want to share on this podcast. Um, because, <laughs> specifically, specifically, because you know what, when you, uh, when you see a bee in nature speak, animal speak by Ted Andrews, really great books. Um, it means to take in the sweetness and the honey of life, even when it's stinging you. Oh. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. And I stepped on a bee. So anyway, so my therapist will often say, come on, just like be with what's here without drawing the meeting, right? Now, I got to say that, so Tim moved out you know, like May 21st and we were taking some space and it's like the day my heart broke and, um, Evelina's heart broke because this mm. has been her emotional stepdad or emotional father. I'm going to say her emotional father for three years. Um, it's almost like my body was like, mm -mm, we're not going through with this. Yeah. And it's almost to the day based on the ultrasounds, that the baby passed, the baby stopped developing mm. at, at the day that he moved out. So there was like the sense of like, my body knows what's right for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, was and that you're being taken care of, even though it's very painful. Right. So that that's kind of the backstory with that. I'm going to talk sh strictly about the miscarriage now moving forward. So um, I got the news on Sunday, was relieved. Um, my doctor 
said, you know, we can do a DNC, which my mom has a very funny Democratic National Convention. <laughs> no, she, she says dusting and cleaning. Oh which... wow! <laughs> Dr. Reva at it again. <laughs> Not really scraping the inner lining of my uterus. Like <laughs> that was intense. Yeah, um, but I knew I didn't want to get that. I'm turning again. I'm turning 36 this month. Um, I just don't want to be doing that. It's, it's not in alignment with, with who I am and, and my practice and my body. It so, felt too violent or what was the kind of, just, what, what's the missing alignment just out I of curiosity? Know. It's interesting, right? I, I, there's something about where it's like, I just know what feels right and I know what feels wrong. Like, awesome. I'm just like, I'm just trusting that. Yeah. Um, Intuition is important. I'm, I'm a little nervous about scraping around at 36 years old when that could potentially affect my fertility moving forward. I mean, it's a small chance, but it, it can. So I, uh, she also said, great doctor. Shout out to Dr. Langer in Montvale, New Jersey. Um, she uh, also said, well, we could just give you some pills to soften your cervix. Not the abortion pill, nothing like that. Just the, so it'll expel naturally. But you're in a two-week w- uh, waiting period anyway because your body might just expel the baby naturally. And I said, this is all well and good. Can I ask you a question about how you feel about yoni steams? And she said, talk to me. What, what does that mean? And I'm like, well, <laughs> she's like, what are you hippie bullshit up to? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually I taught her something and now she's, uh, she's looking into it and recommending it to her clients. So I'm like, Amazing. Super yeah. so Gina um, Turner, non-doula. Yeah. So I do these women's circles where I kind of like apprentice, you know, these big rituals where we're all yoni steaming and putting eggs up in our vaginas and a lot of other secret stuff that I can't disclose on this podcast. Hey, um, witches. <laughs> Shout out witches. But I do like the, <laughs> the more of the yoga side or I just help out, you know. Um, and I remember... Sabrina, shout out to Sacred Lotus Yoni Steam again. <laughs> this Telling- is like the biggest plug for <laughs> Sacred Lotus Yoni Steam in the entire universe. <laughs> I'm not even getting paid for it. <laughs> but I, I'd like wanna- to sponsor our podca- podcast, Sabrina. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, it's like, I feel like I'm being um, of service to women, you know. Yeah, feminist activism. This. Hey. Yeah. So um, she said that there's an abortion Yoni Steam. And I'm like, tell me more. Some mugwort, motherwort, and black cohosh, amongst other things, um, help initiate abortion. Go so, try this at home, kids. Yeah. Go to a professional. Please reach out to Sabrina if this is the route that you seek. And so um, I had a yoni steam that had mugwort, motherwort, dandelion um i had like a a bag ready to go and so i said listen i don't have black co-wash because black co-wash by the way disclaimer is a very intense thing to steam your vagina with so you have to really do it the right way reach out to me i'm very accessible i'll connect you with sabrina i'll I'll coach you through whatever you need to be coached through but just please do not try this at home so um I asked my doctor, I'm like, do you mind if I try this first? And she's like, yeah, you're in this two week window anyway. No joke. And this is where it's funny or cool. 
you invited you, in, you invited me to an AA meeting. Oh yes. <laughs> and I only twelve steamed. step meeting. <laughs> and I and I yoni steamed during it because like basically what you do with the yoni steam. I was wearing like a long dress and I had like a little cup, uh, not a little cup, like a little bowl um, of like pretty warm to hot herbs. And then I just sat and I was in ceremony with my yoni while I was in ceremony in AA. And um, it was actually really beautiful. I was like, it was, it seemed like some lights went on. Yeah, it was really great. Um, Because the thing was, and this is where the, you, by the way, (laughs) wait, the 12 step programs have for the most part for those of you who are not sober via 12 step have, they've moved to zoom oh, thank you for that Gina was not in the room with us <laughs> steaming her yoni <laughs> this is in the privacy of our own home we couldn't see anything you couldn't see anything because it was only like my head so but the, the but the I talked about this with my therapist actually after like two days after the significance of you inviting me to that um, meeting when I – like the day after I got like the most – like a very sad piece of news was huge because we talked about this last episode. I would normally in this scenario order myself penne vodka, a whole cheese pizza, and like turn to food. Now I got to say it also – um, I connect to the ganja spirit sometimes. Is the ganja spirit just a way of saying weed? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> but, but I'm saying in a more plant medicine way. Um, and when you invited me, I was like, you know what? Like, I thought twice about picking up my ganja spirit. You know what I'm saying? So it was like there was two things that were happening because obviously I'm in this deep state of sadness like I don't even have my partner here to console me um, and the father of this child, you know, and um, instead of turning to food, instead of turning to weed, I turned to self-care, which manifested itself in a Yoni steam and an AA meeting. So amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm so proud of you. I mean, I think like are the prerequisite for kind of being on this podcast is not to be necessarily sober, but it's to approach sex and sexual integrity in like a spiritual way that that feels authentic and feels like grounded in the spirit of sobriety which for us was to kind of move towards living in a sex ideal like move towards living as who we believe that a higher power would have us be um with our sex lives mm-hmm. and it sounds like your kind of journey with this is that you know like that you, of course like your um not necessarily in this 12 step program, but I know that you understand the principles and my intuition like moved me because we had a mutual friend speaking that, Mm -hmm. that this would be uh, meaningful. And I love him. (laughs) Shout out an anonymous member. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, I shared in the last podcast that I worked the Al-Anon program. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I, 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 I sacred anonymity. You, I know I felt you dancing around that, but I, I, I did share that. I, That's I true. Okay, absolutely cool. worked the Al-Anon program, and I'm fucking proud of it. And it showed up in my life um, during this time in more ways that one because I then one I've been um, in touch with a friend 
you know, who I don't want to, yeah, I, that I've been turning to my book again, you know? Um, awesome. So that's all I'm going to say. But, uh, yeah, I've, you were going somewhere that, that it's not a prerequisite for being sober, just approaching life in a sober yeah, way. Yeah. Or totally. And especially sex, you know, like, and because guess where babies come from? Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> that to kind of like, you know, how do we walk through challenges, um, with integrity and authenticity, even if it's painful, you know? And I think that it sounds like the, you talk about like the wounded healer and like, mm-hmm. it sounds like you really had your own back in this circumstance. And it's really, I'm so proud of you, dude. Oh, thanks. And you know, it's the non-dual, I was talking about this before we started recording. It's the non-dual nature, right? So there's a part of me, and I could speak to this without giving details. There's a part of me, a large part of me, (laughs) that's holding on. The real part of me that is mad. (laughs) Yes. That's holding on to a lot of anger, and a lot of like fuck you and a lot of resentment and there's also the part of me that is holding on to like wow thank you thank you for showing me who you are so i could have this clarity now so i was talking about this with my therapist yesterday clarity that comes with kindness because if i am holding on to this fucking anger right Mm. which is important and that's where i get i have a lot of pushback with a lot of these positive thinkers and listen i'm a positive thinker i'm a very positive person but i have a lot of pushback because if you're living in la la land (laughs) saying oh every i'm just gonna choose choose to be grateful i'm just gonna choose this i'm gonna choose that this is all great (laughs) but hold your anger first yeah, feel your really, feelings. <laughs> really feel it because if you bypass it, it's just going to show up later. Now, um, I'm teetering this line of I, I'm so angry. I have a lot of resentment. And I'm like, oh, this couldn't have happened any other way because I would have still been making excuses for X, Y, and Z. You know, there's so much richness and aliveness in this process. But it was a really tough 72 hours or more. Um, So here I am in this AA meeting. It's great that I I can go on tangents and then just jump right back in. Yeah, it's beautiful. (laughs) Um, Here I am in this AA meeting. watching a roller coaster. (laughs) Well, I've podcasted for a really long time. By the way, if you want to listen to some back podcasts, um, you can listen to the Divine Movement podcast and you can get to know Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, You were on it. It was so I was. Fantastic. We talked about cat whisperers. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm going to talk to you more about that. You got to get a reading for your dog. I do. Oh my God. Riot. Sometimes it's like based consciousness stuff. Like I need more gravy in my food. And like, (laughs) sometimes it's like, um, I need my own sacred space and you need to make an altar for me. Like it's it's out of control. (laughs) Those are mostly cats, not dogs. I mean, yeah, we got, full disclosure, we have the dog's name tattooed on my body and my partner's body. (laughs) So we've created the sacred space for her. Trust. So anyway, so here I am in this Yoni steam in an AA meeting, um, crying 
uh, because it was so beautiful. <laughs> I love Eugenia so much. Like entering fully formed into Alcoholics Anonymous. Like I am crying. I am Yoni steaming. I am not a member of this program, but I am sharing. I am having feelings. Guess what? Like it's so beautiful. I love you so much for like your authentic you self that you arrive. <laughs> I love you too. So. Here's, here's, here's where it gets really crazy. So I do this Yoni steam and I could already feel, uh, maybe like four hours later, I could feel a little cramping, but it doesn't feel anything like crazy. It just feels like a little period cramp. Um, and then a whole day passes and it's Tuesday and I am signed up. Oh my gosh. Can I give the best shot out ever? <laughs> please oh i'm like louisa you have to have this woman on your show writing it down kathleen booker, kathleen booker. she's a breathwork specialist breathwork technician but she has a lot to say about sex that's all i'm gonna say um because i don't wanna, okay i don't want to tell her story it's her story so um Deal. but but like just i'll give you her her phone number just talk to her um I am signed up for this program. It's a three month program. It's a womb clearing program. And like Kathleen, it's through breath work, but Kathleen guides you through meditations and there's coaching calls and it's all this kind of stuff. But I had signed up because I'm in a, I'm in a sister circle with her and I was sharing the fact that, you know, um, I'm pregnant, but you know, my partner moved out and all this kind of stuff. So she's like, let's, let's clear the bad energy, not clear mm. your room. Like, of yeah, the baby, I was like, going to ask, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like clear, clear the bad energy that's surrounding this child. We want to make sure that he or she is wrapped in light. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you. I'm, I'm there. So I signed up and it was the first night, um, that Tuesday night. Um, and the timing is important here because it gets real crazy. And this is why I really wanted to talk about this more than ever. I wanted to talk about this before I even went through it because I, I feel like it's an important conversation to be had because a lot of people are miscarrying alone because they happen during the first trimester when no one knows. Yeah. Um, but I had no idea that this was going to feel like childbirth. Oh I, no. Fuck. I mean, I've given birth. I was in 30 hours of labor. I ended up with a C-section so my pussy tight, but like <laughs> <laughs> But louder for the people in the back. <laughs> my pussy in check. Um <laughs> but I mean, I went through 30 hours of labor and I know what a contraction feels like and this was a contraction, but next level so two two points here a the yoni steam worked and i didn't even use the black cohosh it was just mugwort and motherwort and dandelion and a bunch of other shit so psa um be careful what you steam your yoni with ladies but be be careful what you steam your yoni with if you're trying to get pregnant yoni havers so do not steam if you're bleeding um do you can steam here's the the good time to steam if you are trying to use it as a form of um birth control essentially you could steam Mm. um because mugwort motherwort are abortion efficient i think that's the word um so um christian's here he's working on the house and i'm like 
oh shit and i'm feeling the cramps and i'm feeling a contraction but they feel like braxton hicks so the the people that have been pregnant you know what that if that what's that mean i'm good i'm gonna for those of us who have not been pregnant (laughs) we'll go into that later (laughs) braxton hicks is like um a baby contraction where it's like uh it's not a full-blown but it's just like when and they're like they're fake outs um when you're pregnant in the last trimester you tend to get them and a lot of women think they're going into labor but they're just like full-blown like little shocks where it's like oh oh i can't even explain it because it's something you need to feel but they're not a full-blown contraction it's like kind of like a a baby one um no pun intended no pun (laughs) it's like a baby (laughs) contraction yeah it's like a little a a little contraction better better said cool (laughs) um so he's here he's working and i'm feeling like oh shit he leaves and I'm texting with my partner. He's working. He's not responding. And I'm calling my partner. He's working. He's not responding. Um, And I'm like, I'm having contractions. Now, granted, my partner has never had a child before or been around a woman that's in labor. So when I'm saying I'm having a contraction, he's probably like, what does that mean? I mean, I'm sure he's not stupid, but like, I don't think he realizes the severity of that. And I'm alone with Evelina. And so this is where it gets a little tricky because I had to, like, I'm very open about periods, as you guys all know. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just saying, oh, it's a period cramp. It's a period cramp. But then, you know, fast forward as it started to get progressively worse, um, I still said it was my period. And I'm like, wait a minute. I need to have a conversation with my child when this is all said and done because I don't want this girl fearing her period. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a whole nother can of worms that I'm meeting with the utmost of integrity. Um, so here we go. 7 p.m. rolls around. I have this breathwork class. I heard it's 8 p.m., 7 or 8 p.m. No, 7 p.m. And it's on Zoom. And it's a womb clearing. Like we're all and I'm at this point, I start really laboring. I actually documented a lot of my um I'm going to call it labor because it's still labor, mm-hmm. even though I, there's not a baby to hold at the end where, I mean, this is kind of a graphic image, but I'm like squatting over a bowl, like crying and screaming. But, but I felt like it was an important thing for me to like video document that. So I did. Um, this breathwork class happens. I start doing the breathwork and it is like full blown. Like I can't even be present. So I turned my camera off on the Zoom. It's like the whole nine. Um, Were you able to kind of continue the practice or were you just like doing your thing? (laughs) Sort of. Mezzo, 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 half, half. Um, But so the breathwork class ends and she's like, you look terrible. Like you're, and at this point, and this is something that I want to Sounds like you were in a lot of pain. I was in a lot of pain. I wasn't taking painkillers. I I maybe smoked a little weed, but not really. Um, <laughs> but not enough. Not enough to make the pain go away. Um, and uh, the troubling part was, and this is where I want to talk about this, it is absolutely normal for you to be bleeding a lot during a miscarriage. It is not normal for you to be changing your pad. More, and you have to wear a pad. You can't wear tampons. Um It is not normal for you to be changing your pad more than once per hour. Yeah. I. I, That's a lot. 
I was changing my pad every 15 to 30 minutes. Okay. I was bleeding through my sheets. I was bleeding through the chucks. I had like one of those surgical chucks in my bed. I was bleeding through my clothes. I mean, it was scary. It was, I was like, okay, something's wrong. Um, so I call my doctor around 8.40. She goes, honey, it sounds like you're in the thick of it. Take some Motrin. I'm going to call you back in two hours. See how you feel. I take some Motrin. I take some magnesium, which I usually take before bed to help me sleep. I now read on all, I fast forward on all of my discharge papers from the hospital. Spoiler alert. I was in the hospital. Um <laughs> Magnesium is the worst thing to take when you're miscarrying or having an abortion. Oops. Why? As, because it contracts all the the water out of oh, the body fuck. and makes everything way more exacerbated than it needs to be. My doctor calls me at eleven and I'm half asleep, and she's like, "Hey, how you doing?" And I'm like, "Love oh, your I'm doctor voice." <laughs> she was very sweet. She was like, "How you doing?" I'm like, I'm sleeping. sleeping. Wait, should I do the clicking? Stop it. (laughs) Hi. How are you? (laughs) This is how Gina talks on the phone, by the way, and our normal conversations. (laughs) So my doctor calls me and I'm like, I'm good. I'm asleep. Evelina's sleeping with me at this point. Like I wanted to be close to her. And she goes, okay, sounds like you're, you've got it under control. Let's follow up in the morning, see how you're doing. And so I thought at this point that I had passed most of the clots that I needed to pass and X, Y, and Z. Oh, boy, was I wrong. Because I wake Fuck. up. I wake up. <laughs> All right. Spoiler alert. I, you went to the hospital. Yeah. I, I um, wake up and... Tim calls me at like 8.30. He's like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I went to sleep really early. I'm pulling an all-nighter to to, um, to finish my homework. How are you doing? What's going on? And I'm like, oh, you know, I feel good right now. Like, And, it's like and this is in the morning? This is in the morning, 8.30 in the morning. I'm like, I feel like I passed it. Like my, my bleeding has subsided. It's pretty normal now. I mean, I mean, I'm still bleeding, but I'm not like bleeding, bleeding. And I feel good. And... Oh my God. Like 40 minutes later, it is the worst of the worst. Like I'm talking like my eyeballs are hurting from contractions. I can't stand up straight. I'm totally hunchbacked. And I don't want to be doing this in front of Evelina, obviously. Does she know? She didn't know that I was pregnant, which is actually really good. Our therapist is saying that that's really good because then her hopes weren't up that she was going to be a big sister and that she just knows like this happened and now we have an angel, you know? Um, so it's, it's, it's actually much better this way. Um, so I, um, get back on the phone with my doctor. She says, get to the hospital right now. My thought is the magnesium kicked in. Oh, as it normally uh, does in the in the morning. And it was like, woo, here we go. So um I drive to Tim's house, which is 10 minutes away, so it's fine. But I'm actively contracting every two minutes. Okay. Like this is horrendous. I get to Tim's and and the the reason why I drove to his house was because he needs to be with Evelina while I go to the hospital. 
And I, whatever, I'm not going to get into the details of this, but Evelina stays with Tim. Tim's mom drives me to the hospital. And it's this whole thing where I lost a lot of blood. They give me fluids. They give me an IV. They give me morphine, like all this, blah, 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 blah. And I am met. This was like where it was like this divine intervention. I have a male OB and two male nurses taking care of me where I'm just like, yes. Like, <laughs> That's interesting that you were like soaking that up. I feel like I would have been super anxious. No, well, because like, I needed that. <laughs> because you have to realize I've been miscarrying alone. Oh, word. And like Tim was at his house and for whatever reasons I wasn't, I didn't have that male support, energy. That male yeah. energy. So then I'm this beautiful, like he looks like half Indian or something, but this beautiful OB walks in. And first of all, the hospital is like a fucking hotel room. I have my own private it was it was insane. I couldn't even believe the hospital I was in. I was like, wow. Um private entrance, private door, like it was like nuts. Um but I think they're very strict with all the COVID stuff with this kind of stuff but anyway, locked out <laughs> yeah i mean locked out no one else was there it was crazy and i have these male nurses just taking care of me bringing me saltines and apple juice i'm like yeah <laughs> um <laughs> so i get the ultrasound and they the doctor there who's not my normal doctor he was just the the ob that was on call um really wants to do in dnc because not everything is out and i'm like i really don't want to do that and no. he, goes, he goes, why didn't you come to the um, to the ER last night? And I was like, well, I was alone with my daughter. And he goes, like, you cannot be alone during the next 48 hours. Like, you can't do that. It's not happening. So um, long the danger story, being that you could bleed out or what's the. Yeah, I could hemorrhage. I could I need to. There's just a lot of things that could go wrong. I need to just have a body there to like on call, you know, and thanks for that clarification. And so then. um the morphine is just so great because I was, it was bad. It was just like, I needed the morphine. I really did. Like I needed, like, it was a lot of pain. And it sounds like it was a long-term stressor on your body also. A hundred percent. And the emotional part of it, the emotional part of it. Like, so every time I would contract, it's like, at least when you're contracting, when you're um, giving birth, like you have this like baby to look forward to. It's like, what do I, I, it almost feels like I was, giving birth to the death of my relationship with Tim too. So that was really, Oh my funny. God, that's so heavy. Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. It was so, but beautiful, tragically beautiful. One eleven here, by the way. So, um, I get discharged around four o'clock. The morphine still is in my system. He's like, Oh, Oh, he's like, okay. About the DNC. You might still end up needing one. Just, heads up but i'll send you home with these pills you take every six hours and he doesn't tell me what the pills are are they at the abortion pill i didn't know that at the time so he's no like, shame baby i know but but this is where it gets like a little wild so he gives me these pills i call my doula my digital doula and she's like okay how you doing i'm like i feel great also morphine is still in my system <laughs> <laughs> you're full of shit I'm like walking around. i feel amazing like everything is good um so, so then she's like checking in she like basically wants to know everything that's happening blah 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 and it's great shout out to beth almiri if you need a end of life doula 
I can't give her enough praise or you can reach out to me. Um, Either or, either or. It was just interesting. And I, you know, you sent me this question. I'm going to address it right now, right here, because it's, it's here. It's present. Um, All of the stuff that I know, all the stuff that I've helped other women with was out the window. It was like I knew nothing when I was going through it. It is so fascinating. I was someone's post-miscarriage doula, so she had already had the miscarriage. I was someone's abortion doula pre, during, and after. And so I know what happens, right? I know how to be of service. Yeah, your training is specific to this moment, and yet. <laughs> but I, I didn't. I mean, I was asking her the dumbest questions that I, I obviously I know, but I just wanted to like have like validation from someone else, and it was it was amazing. Um, the dumbest questions. So wait, just to kind of like slow down, what were some of those dumb questions? Because that's actually something that we wanted to talk about. Like, what are, what what am I going to go through? in the next, what should I do? How should I do this? I, I can't, I, there were so many questions where I'm like, I know the answer to this. I know, I know what happens here. Uh, I, I, I can't even remember cause I was literally in the trauma that was happening, but I, um, I know I was asking so many questions just to make sure that I was like on the right track. And every answer was held with kindness, was held in a non-dual perspective because she's also into non-duality. And she was just there to listen first and foremost. And I want to touch on that in terms of what a doula actually is. A doula is just someone, it's almost like I picture two hands like around a body, but not actually touching them. That's like the image I get when I think of a doula. It's like these hands that like cradle you around your body as you move on your journey. So like an energetic support. Exactly. And for the phase that you're going yeah, through. And of course, like it would have been in person if there was no COVID restric- restrictions. And sometimes like they just bring over some soup, you know, or whatever it is. Um, now, I get on the phone. I go. Uh, Tim and Evelina are at Tim's house. Um, I get there and I'm on the phone with my doula, checking in with her, all this stuff. And then she's like, "What are the pills?" And I'm like, "Well, I got like the prescription strength Motrin, and I got um, Cytotec, and I take it every six hours." She goes, "Oh, honey. Oh, honey, that's the abortion pill." And I'm like. What? I thought I, I thought I was done with this. Yeah, but just like the idea that um, you were super against the DNC, and then this is the kind of the other option, right? It is, but I, in my mind, remember I said that my doctor called me on Sunday and was like, "We can give you something that'll soften your cervix." I, I mm. was thinking that that's what I was getting, um, and. I didn't even, it, I didn't put two and two together that it was the abortion pill. And I had already taken the first dose at the hospital. And so like, I'm like, oh shit, I don't know what I'm in for for the next 24 hours. So it's like every six hours and it's a very high medical dose. Even when it was picked up at CVS, they're like, hey, this is a really high dose. You know this, right? Like this is very intense. It's not, anyway. So at this point I make all the arrangements to have someone pick me up in case it gets really bad because I don't want Evelina to see anything. I ended up sleeping 
through my symptoms, which was great. Um, long story short, baby passed. Um, and I did it alone, even though Tim was in the other room, Evelina got picked up by her dad. So that was, you know, in this process, I was there for like 48 hours. Um, and it was really, really weird to do this alone. Really yeah, weird. I can't imagine. Although you, the, it sounds like to have a digital doula in in this circumstance was really helpful. Oh, beyond, beyond. And I had, you know, my girlfriend uh, that like came and like dropped me off juice and like, you know, that kind of stuff. And I had kombucha and I had the physical energy of Tim being in the next room. Here's the other part. Tim was like working on like teacher training homework. So that was due. No joke that Friday. And I was there from Wednesday to Friday. So he was really not able to be present for me. There's other things at play there as well, but this was how the cards were dealt. Um, yeah. But just how, which sounds acutely painful just to kind of being like mourning the kind of end of a relationship and also like the possibility of a future together that looked like it included another life or, you know, yeah, it was, it was insane. It was like the most insane, um, chain of events. And I gotta be honest now that I'm on the other side, so happy it happened this way. That's beautiful. Because. I, this is someone, can you imagine if the baby was here? Like that would have been the craziest, like weird circumstance to bring a child into this world. And I'm happy and I'm grateful that my body did what it needed to do. I'm grateful that I had the Yoni steam on lock. I'm grateful that I didn't need a DNC. I'm grateful that I had this breath work womb clearing thing i'm grateful that i had this a like there's just so much and that i have this avenue that i could share this because i know that other women go through this but don't talk about it well and i guess that's the other question it's like because i um i'm wondering if i want to talk about this full disclosure (laughs) i had an abortion at like five weeks like uh, I think two years ago, a little over two years ago. And it just wasn't the right time, you know, and I was with my present partner who I love very much. But, you know, the level of kind of fear and indecision and also like deep sadness in the, in my body about having to make this decision, you know, about feeling like not ready and feeling like it was a potential gift that I was like shitting on, you know, and um, actually kind of got into conflict with my sponsor Mm-hmm. around it because she kind of was like god will make room if you want there to be room and i was like i want there to be room but honestly like i don't feel ready for this you know my timeline was like albums coming out full on tour like it's time to right. to hit the ground running and i felt really selfish and i think there's a lot of like social um stigma around like one of the questions that rose had kind of sent in was um why is there so much pressure on women to have a child and still like indoctrinated into our society. Like I found out actually through this experience that like my mom actually um, had an abortion before she had me because of her, 
my dad weren't married yet and they were just like, it's not the right time, you know? And, and yet we still kind of cloak it in shame. And I know that like, I felt like I, I was, this had always been kind of a premeditated decision. Like if I got pregnant before I was ready to have a baby, I was cool with having an abortion, but I didn't realize how like connected I would feel to what was happening and how like that loss would be felt in my body for like a year after it went it, the hormonally even it just kind of fucked me up for a good long time and emotionally it also like it felt really difficult to kind of articulate especially because you can't really talk about it like you don't talk about it you know right um like what that the sadness around that felt like because like I didn't anticipate like my like on a cellular level my attachment to this baby, you know? So I wonder, like, I guess, A, what's with the kind of social stigma around women and the right to choose? Like, obviously this is a big conversation. And, and B, like, how do you, like, as a, as a non-doula, as a, um, like, what do you, what did you call it? Post-life doula? Uh, End of life doula. But I'm, I'm just, I'm just a doula in general, which means I like, like to be a support system for everybody, male, female, mother, father, dog, cat. But, um, I love this for you. (laughs) But, um, uh, the way it has transpired, that is, I've been an end of life doula specifically with miscarriage, with abortion, and with Tim's mom's dog. Um, and how do I guide? I, this is, I think I touched on this a little bit in our first episode, but I gotta be honest, what happens is there's so much societal pressure. There's so much stigma, shame, Oh, I mean, the list goes on. I could go on and on with all the things that are attached to having an abortion. And at the end of the day, anybody that is with me, no matter whether it's a client, a student, a yoga student, or a friend, I'm going to encourage that this person, this woman, whoever, whatever the choice is that they're really truly making the, the choice for them and them alone. And that has been the message. I've only had one client that's an abortion client, but it sounds like with your scenario, you were doing that. This is what I want, but it's true. And I don't think that a lot of men um, and I'm, I'm not like man shaming. Um, I don't think a lot of men can get what it's like to actually have a physical life inside of you and then have to lose that life, whether it's from an abortion. Oh, I can't hear you. Ah, where was I? Oh, heart centered place, moving from a heart center and a place that you're making the decision just for you and nobody else. Because even you, you did not, you said, I did not want to have this child. Right. Um, and yet, because our instincts maternally, or so, I mean, we women in general are intuitive, instinctual, primal beings. And that's why we're fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> and so it's like, 
I don't think men understand it. I don't, I, I loved him and I always will. Um, but I don't think he understood what, what it was like for me to be 11 weeks pregnant, even you five weeks pregnant, like 11 weeks pregnant. And then start, I mean, I just bought a pregnancy pillow. You know, I just got started to get all these things like I started to need to wear different pants, you know, and then I you 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 start I started to feel like, oh, this is going to be a little boy. I, I could feel it, you know, and then it's like that's ripped away. And because he wasn't physically in the space with me, he wasn't getting these updates. Right. Number one. Number two. I don't, back to our point, I don't think a man grieves in the same way that a woman carrying the child grieves. Yeah, I think it would be impossible. I mean, for most people, you know, even like in, let's say, a homosexual relationship for the person Mm -hmm. who's not carrying the baby, you know, it's just, it's such a weird personal thing. And so I guess the question is like, how might you either offer yourself support like during this time, like the kind of aftermath, because I feel like that there is kind of a long hangover just hormonally alone, like on a physical level of as our bodies kind of readjust. They say what, like it's like three cycles. It's like kind of three periods before your cycle gets kind of returns to normal. Like how do you support yourself either like within self care or community or with friendships or from your partner even, or ex-partner, like what does that look like? So, I mean, I could speak to what's happening with me. Um, and it's still really raw. I'm still in process. It's only been, I miscarried in the first week of June. It's the first week of August. Uh, first week of July, excuse me. Yeah, it's close. It's close. Um, I got to say, hormonally, I feel okay right now. Yeah, you look quite glowy. Well, that's what I've been, well, that's a whole other story we could talk about on the podcast. <laughs> Why I got it? Oh, there's two <laughs> waveforms right now. Oh, Rose has joined us. <laughs> she 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 jumped in. She got freed up. What's oh, up, girl? You were you were just about to jump in with the with the tea because I was oh, about yeah. to say why I'm feeling so glowy because I've been up all night having conversations with a boy. Anyway, um, <laughs> so um, my self care at the moment looked like nourishing myself first and foremost, whatever that looks like. It's also reclaiming my physical sacred space back in my house, which is very important because I didn't get to do this post Luke. Everyone knows I was married to a guy named Luke, right? Okay, cool. (laughs) And then I, and then I started dating Tim, Uh, right? People know that. (laughs) It's my baby daddy. Um, um, I went. I went shout straight. Out <laughs> shout out to Luke. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Luke for being my greatest teacher um, to drop myself deeper into myself. Beautiful. What a beautiful that, like uh, pivot that was, Gina. So yes. Spiritual and, and, warrior. And it wasn't even a spiritual bypass. It's the fucking truth. I was able. I post that divorce. I was able to grow out my hair like grow out my eyebrows, grow out my bush. I mean, Rose, if you were on FaceTime, I'd show you my bush. Um, oh, my bush is wild right now. Oh, it's my. So, I, it's literally at my knees. It's flappable. 
Bro, can I tell you, I just trimmed my bush for the first time in like three and a half months. No joke, this came because I wore a fucking maxi dress out to a restaurant. (laughs) Um, I took myself out on a date. Oh, that's the other thing. I'm taking myself out on dates. That's what myself. Yeah. So I'm taking, and and so I like get dressed up. I put like a little bit of like light makeup, just like some mascara on. And I sit alone at the restaurant because now there's outdoor dining in um, New York. And Oh, where I am in New York. Um, and uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So I took myself out sure. and I looked in myself in the mirror and it looked like I had a fucking dick. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this bush needs to be trimmed. So I just trimmed it last night. I trimmed it yesterday. It was a big deal. But um, my self-care is looking like, actually, it's interesting, spending a lot of time with my child because like I'm, it's making me so grateful that I have, I mean, not to get like really sad about it, but like it, I have a physical child that actually survived. Um, and that is very important at the moment. And I'm grateful. There's all these things that like Evelina suffered a trauma in, um, from a dog bite in the beginning of 2019 and terrible as a mother, terrible as a human, you know, but I got to say, it gave me this presence with her that I had always, but I tapped into it in a way that I can't fully articulate after that trauma. And I think that's what trauma does. I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole like theory about trauma bonding, you know? Oh my God, I'm just watching a video about trauma bonding. I'm not even kidding you. What did you say? Tell us about trauma bonding. Oh, oh Rose, you haven't been here. Tell us about trauma bonding. Okay, I'm going to tell you about uh, trauma bonding is an unhealthy attachment. It's also known as attachment theory. But trauma bonding can happen, for example, um, if you're like really unhappy in a relationship, you can unhealthily have a trauma bond to cigarettes, for example, also known as addiction. <laughs> it's all attachment based stuff and trauma bonding is developing relationships to something or somebody based on an old trauma that hasn't been healed right that might resurface in a new relationship right and then there's a, oh my god i'm so glad we landed here there's also something that's really fascinating where we repeat our childhood wounds in this relationships like reenactment <laughs> yes so for example, I mean, this is a very vivid one. My One of my biggest traumas with my father is he would give me things and then he would take them away. And he would give me things and he would take them away. Oh. It, it manifested in so many different ways. It was, it was part of the psychological abuse I touched on. However, I was so attracted to Tim because he, I mean, he's a lovely man. I love him forever, but he um, would have this up and down, like I'm, I'm full in and then I'm full out. I'm full in. I'm full out. I'm not sure I'm committed. I'm not, it's a, it's called avoidant attachment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was attracted to that because I needed to look at the traumas that I suffered from my father. Mm-hmm. And that is a whole another can of worms. We could like talk with, we could like talk for like six hours. 
new podcast. It's super interesting that like, especially as we can kind of evolve psycho-spiritually and especially like I know in my circumstance through therapy and like uh, creating stable attachment with therapists that I, as I get familiarized with the feeling of like what stability mm. in attachment feels like, I can kind of carry it into other relationships because I'm no longer like in this like uh, kind of blind cycle of exactly what you were talking about, like being attracted to what will cause me harm in a like subconscious desire to fix the past. Absolutely. And it's also based on the fact that the harmful relationships often feel most safe because of the familiarity. Yes. It's not necessarily like, oh, this is a bad relationship. I'm getting into it because then that would mean that the conscious is present when you're entering into that like relationship. But what it actually means is like, I'm, this feels really like for me, like all of the choices I've made, I thought I was making like good choices, right? <laughs> I didn't, like I wasn't going in being like, oh, this feels like a bad time. Like <laughs> it was because they felt familiar because the, the relationships that I'd had in my early life were all like that. And especially if you grow up with dysfunctional parents or narcissists or alcoholics, untreated sex, addictive parents or whatever, then those seeking out those as partners mm. feels, feels like the dirty blanket that you don't want to put in the wash because it smells familiar. You know? <laughs> what a beautiful metaphor. But I mean, I think with that, like, Dr. Drew, my favorite, <laughs> shout out Dr. Drew, uh, Dr. <laughs> talks about like lightning bolts versus butterflies. And usually if there's like, if it's above an eight on a scale of attraction and it feels like a lightning bolt, it's going to be a trauma bond. It's going to be a traumatic <laughs> wow. that like, like below that, like, you know, six, seven, maybe eight are going to feel boring because they are not, they're actually safe. That's <laughs> actually a well person. Whoa. Can, can you, can you send me some literature on this? Because this is fucking huge. Um, yes. Without, without going too much into it, um, I think a lot of the reason that my relationship with Tim failed. Um, oh, failed. ended. Ended. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. There, yeah well, yes. Okay. Ended is because Tim was wanting these full blown fireworks 24 seven. Okay. And I, I, not sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, of course those were there. Uh, but we were together for over three years. You know what I mean? Like I've been in seven year relationships. I've been in five year relationships. I know what a long-term relationship looks like. And there's a lot of best friend moments. And this was his excuse. I'm using with big quotes to separate because he was like, well, I'm just not feeling like the the fireworks 24 seven. And Interesting that you just said the addiction thing. Please send me this. Please. Totally. <laughs> okay, because I'm I'm just going to forward it on to Tim with a little heart. <laughs> but this is huge right now in terms of like, hi, everybody who's listening to this podcast. I'm calling in from a treatment center. I'm working Hooray! <laughs> Hooray. Um, but this is huge right now in treating addiction. They're not looking at like alcoholics as being bad dogs. They're looking at like the trauma bonds and the attachments 
the unhealthy attachments that they've built and the expectations that then they carry that on mm-hmm. into other relationships. Like that is where the modalities are swerving to right now to treat um, to treat people. Who knows how it will work out? But like, I think that that's revelationary. Really, I think it's fucking phenomenal. A hundred percent. And and just to talk about like Kabbalah and mystical Judaism and even numerology. So. Um, I'm not, I don't need to talk about numerology. I'm going to talk about our fundamental desire to connect, right? Which is represented by the eight. So that's why I thought of it, numerology. And in the Kabbalah and the tree of life, it's actually um, where your genitals are, right? And it's also your seat of addiction. Louisa and I are both eights, by the way. Yeah, you're both eights. So it's, 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 Eight is our fundamental desire and drive to connect. So if you're not in relationship to what you're connecting to, you will connect to anything and everything. And that is also our seat of addiction. And it's like, it's so huge that um, really we all want to feel this connection. We all want to feel this, ah, that that euphoric yeah all the time but yeah oh man i could i could talk for hours i'm just gonna i'm just happy to be here with you guys you're rose i love you you're gonna have to listen to the podcast and hear my whole story oh my god how long have you been recording for already an hour and 15 minutes are you fucking kidding me <laughs> nah. <That's> mental <laughs> no. so, I'm so glad i jumped in oh my god okay, so if yeah. you're just tuning in everybody i had a miscarriage <laughs> <laughs> and i couldn't be my own doula <laughs> but anyway uh, but yeah. it's beautiful that you were actually able to kind of like know about this moving into it and then mm-hmm. offer yourself support by getting in touch with the doula and it sounds like you had like a good medical team around you and then you kind of offered yourself all the support that was possible in the circumstance in the moment. Uh, Yeah. Yes. This is true. I feel like, um, yeah, we also cleared up. And I'm just giving a podcast wrap up. Wait, we have to ask you lightning round questions. Lightning round, lightning round. No, what I was telling Rose that we cleared up that I am not Khaleesi from Game of Thrones, <laughs> and that I use a bloodstone pleasure wand, not a fucking dragon stone. I don't know what it is about me that I want to say that. So I was good. I cannot. I'm kidding you not. Two days ago, I was googling dragon stone wands, and I was like, why can't I find anything? I was like, obviously, I'm going to have to ask a really specific recommendation. Like bloodstone. Well, thank fuck for that because I was googling the wrong bastard thing. <laughs> All right, give me the lightning round. I'm ready. I'm ready. What's a movie that gets you in the mood and that doesn't necessarily have to be porn, but totally can be? Oh, man. This is really tough. I really loved Nine and a Half Weeks. Do you ever see that? It's an old school, like, 80s. No, it's with Kim Basinger or the blonde chick. Yeah, it's Kim Basinger. It's, It's a good one. Watch that. 1986 romance drama um also <laughs> movies that get me in, in the mood gotta say it notebook oh man notebook makes me cry <laughs> notebook. The notebook? i watched notebook on a plane it's with um ryan gosling Wait. and what's her name 
I don't like him. I'm quite anti him. Oh, I I love him. It's important. You got to watch it. No, you got to watch it. (laughs) You have to watch it. My first sponsor made me watch it because I hadn't cried yet in sobriety. And she was like, watch the notebook. And I just barf cried for like five hours. Is it it where he's a school teacher and a heroin addict? No. No. The notebook. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to tell people what it is, though. The notebook. First of all, I love Ryan Gosling because Tim is kind of like his doppelganger a little bit, in my opinion, sometimes. Um, Sometimes he puts on the little Ryan Gosling (laughs) face mask. It's like a New York thing. Um, I fucking love Ryan Gosling. I have, I would totally fuck Ryan Gosling. I would totally fuck Leonardo DiCaprio. See, now I'm single. Leonardo so, DiCaprio. So, so I could talk about all my celebrity fucks because I could, it's like exchanging energies, right? So I don't exchange energies when I'm like, whatever. So, oh, that's the other thing. I'm single. Focused. Oh, fucking hell. Hey, everyone. Oh Gina Turner is single and ready to mingle. Only if we have an emotional connection. If you have an emotional connection, or you think you might, based on this podcast, slide up in your DMs. <laughs> I, so here, here are my celebrity fucks. I know this isn't part of the lightning round. Leonardo <laughs> Caprio. No, not people you have fucked. People that you would have fucked. Okay, would have fucked or what? Would. would. Okay. Leonardo, Leonardo, Cap- Leonardo DiCaprio yet. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> George Clooney, I would so fuck. I would so fuck. Totally fuck him. Um, Anderson Cooper, if he was straight, um, Anderson Cooper's so fucking hot. Fucking silver foxes, sign me up. <laughs> Guys, I dated a silver fox when I was like 18 and he was like 50 something. And now I can't look at a silver fox without being like sick on myself. Oh, so great. Like creepy. What a just a child by the way like just to take a left turn for a second did you guys yeah. watch the jeffrey epstein documentary yes it was terrifying it was i it was such an important watch though i feel like at the beginning i started watching it and i said to mikey was like oh you're gonna get this is my husband mikey right he was like you're gonna get really grossed out by this and i have no concept of who jeffrey epstein is so when it started i was like oh he's quite hot like and Mikey was like, you're really not going to think so in 10 minutes. I was like, oh, he seems quite charismatic. <laughs> like, I always want to see the best in everyone. This is what I go to Alan on. Mm. Um, <laughs> and then, like, 10 minutes in, I'm like, turn it off. I can't watch this shit. <laughs> Dude, it's, it, I mean, it is such an important watch for so many reasons, but mostly because it shows the abuse of power right. and how fucking charismatic um, right. sociopaths are so charismatic. Anyway, um, okay, more more to the lightning round. <laughs> Getting back in the saddle. Pun intended, Louisa. Um, if you feel overwhelmed or like filled with fear, what's the first thing that you do? Wow, overwhelmed. Okay, those are two separate emotions. So when I feel overwhelmed. All right, let's all do it together. Everybody close your eyes. So we were trying to do this before. Okay. Okay. And we're going to inhale fully through our nose. Exhale wide open mouth. And the other fucking thing I do is I fucking scream. Honestly, 
Um, <laughs> overwhelmed. I, f- I tend to also find something I can have control over. Like, um, <laughs> and sit with me for a second. Uh, meaning like, I'm going to reorganize my mail stack. You know what I mean? Oh, Something like that. Um, which is all, it's a good thing and a bad thing. I'm going to tell you the bad thing. Cause then I don't actually feel the overwhelm cause I'm distracting myself. So, but I, I'm, I'm working on that. Um, when I am afraid, if you caught me about two months ago, I would have had a deep talk with my partner, uh, and spiritual healer Tim Rothschild because he could help me work out what is driving my fear or any of my um, support systems. But I gotta say, I reach out to my mom. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I reach out to my mums, plural. Oh, so nice. They're all in program. <laughs> They're my mums. Uh, Rose, do you have any lightning round questions? Like those were off oh, the, I thought you were asking me what I do when I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot I wasn't a guest. I've just decided I'm a guest, not a host. Sorry. <laughs> um, do I have any lightning round questions? Yes. Um, no, if you were stranded on a desert island, oh. Um, oh. what were the what piece of literature would you have with you and what piece of music would you have with you? Okay, well, this music, Incubus, Incubus Make Yourself Album, which has found me again. Wait, the Make Yourself Album has found me through this motherfucking miscarriage, son. I, <laughs> I, 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 this is part of my self-care, so this is really important. So I signed up for Smule. Cause I love karaoke part of my self care. One of during mine and Tim's, um, we had like a little break and I would go to karaoke before the world shut down. Um, and it was every Thursday I would go and I would just sing at whatever song it was. Um, and that was very part of my self care. But now that I can't do that, I signed up for Smule, which is basically like karaoke on the internet. And now what was the other thing? Oh, what literature? Oh, this is hard because it's, a tie you can have two limited <laughs> okay so number one would be the instruction manual for receiving god i think i gave you a copy of this book louisa did i the instruction manual for receiving god yes what it, the fuck is that and how do i get it you can get it on amazon it's by jason Schulman, my teacher um he is a fucking genius you could turn to any page in the book and there's a, a seed passage with an explanation for the day here i'm gonna read one can i read one is that okay yes, Lisa, i'm gonna have to take your video off for a second because i have it on ibook and i have about seven copies in my house and i give it as gifts to people all the time but just order on amazon like i no, actually it's independent bookstore oh, no. oh whatever sorry you know what i mean like it's it's available on the internet um let me spin to a random ibook page you ready yeah Ooh. Ooh. Come on, Gina, spit out. <laughs> there is a piece of reality that is intelligently drawing our hearts toward God. Did you lose faith today? Yeah. Did you forget that the universe is always calling to you to become whole? No. To be with God? Yes. To receive God, who is always trying to find you? Dear reader, help God find you by saying, here I am. 
Choosing to be found by God is the most intelligent thing you can do. Mega, mega. Okay, love that. I don't have anything else because I didn't even know I was going to be here. So I'm just fucking stoked I got to hear some of your story, Gina. Oh, yes. This is my favorite thing. I, I guess, yeah, I mean, that's a beautiful place to wrap. Is there anything else that you want to kind of take us out with, Gina, that that you feel like as a holistic healer slash creator that you might uh, offer the sober sex audience? Yeah, I feel like, I mean, if you guys are up for it, I could like, there's part of me that wants to like guide everybody through like a little shamanic practice. It's a very simple practice and it's called form anxiety. Hmm. So we're going to close our eyes and we're going to allow ourselves to feel all the sensations that we're feeling pulling up my notes. So I don't fuck this up on the air and just notice the sounds in the room at the moment. Notice any sensation in the body. Hmm. Notice your resistance to doing this. I felt into that somehow. And simply allow yourself to be exactly how you are without changing yourself. Without changing any sensation. And now allow yourself to sit with your eyes open. Comfortably, but not slouched or stiff. And simply stop saving ourselves from anything be it thought, boredom, energy, or the great nothing, the great nothing that is happening itself. If you're thinking while you're doing this, that's okay, just notice it. There's no one to go back to. This is not a Vipassana meditation as most people understand it. And therefore, we are not even interested in the locator or the watcher of the thoughts who will witness all of this stuff going on. We couldn't care less. We're simply going to just sit here. You might say that we are on strike from our usual job of saving ourselves. In fact, former anxiety work uncovers this often hidden but omnipresent imperative in our lives. The omnipresent pressure to save ourselves. Now you could say to yourself silently, in your mind's eye, in your, in your head. All my life, I have been saving myself. 
but today I am going on strike. You could say that as many times as you'd like. The only thing you can pay attention to are the sensations in your body, but our attitude toward them will be, they don't matter. Having one type of sensation or another will not lead you closer to enlightenment. In fact, we don't care about enlightenment. We have no other goal than no longer saving ourselves. We're simply going to stop. And that's the practice. You can come back to the room. It's 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 a um, interesting practice because it flips on its head everything that is everything. Because um, we often sit with a goal to like watch our thoughts, watch our sensations, and then we're like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, 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 uh. and so it's like this is actually a really good practice to do when you're having anxiety it's like no it's like a fuck you stop oh my god it's fuck you stop (laughs) fuck you stop was Nina's original mantra from like 12 years ago (laughs) yes this is a fuck you stop moment oh my god my face got red i sure you get fuck you stop tattoos oh beautiful i feel like there are more celebrities i want to sleep with but that's a whole other story (laughs) (laughs) all righty i love you guys that was beautiful. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Really beautiful. Really. This was a helpful and, and um, healing thing for you to do. You look like it was helpful healing. He was like twerking. <laughs> um, you know, it, it was very healing because I, I feel like I was holding such a secret. And here I am on this sex positive sobriety, like all these things that it would be the perfect avenue to share my story. And I was like, oh, I can't. So um, I'm really grateful for you guys for a having this platform and Rose. I suggested all of these guests that you guys got to have on Kathleen Booker being the first one that you have because she is fucking amazing and she was part of my miscarriage story. So um, get a doula, get a support system. Steam your yoni. Steam your yoni. But I got to be honest, like every male, female, cat, dog, whatever you non-binary, whatever you identify it as, um, you need support in this world. You cannot go up upon this journey alone. It's just the bottom line. And if, if that is the only thing you take away from this episode, I'm cool. Awesome. Let's leave it there. I love you guys. 